welcome to another episode of Space Flicks. This is the podcast where we review a movie and decide if it's worth the cost of beaming out to a lonely astronaut in space. I'm Dan. I'm Adam. Today we're talking Borat subsequent movie film. Delivery of prodigious bribe to American regime for make benefit once glorious nation of Kazakhstan. Oh, thank you. Yes. I totally forgot how long the title was, but that's the full title. Um, It is, of course, an official film from the government of Kazakhstan. Yes. Um, That's (laughs) not true. The Department of of Agriculture. Yeah, the Department of Agriculture. And there there were two different departments, I want to say. Wasn't it like... It was like like culture and agriculture or something Mm, like that, right? Something like that. Um, Speaking of Kazakhstan, that is a real country, right? Mm -hmm. I don't believe it's anything like how it's depicted in this film. Right. Uh, This is really just an aside, but didn't Kazakhstan... And am I even pronouncing it right? Kazakhstan, yeah. Kazakhstan. um, I feel like didn't the government like take issue with the first Borat film? Yeah, because it like totally misrepresented Kazakhstan. Yeah, but but I think that I think that they're sort of on board with it now. I thought I read something that was like Kazakhstan is supportive of the new Borat film. I you know I I couldn't have told you that I did I did not know that they had felt that way. But my understanding is you know especially with the first movie when it was so novel and you Mm -hmm. know people didn't really know what to make of it. I think it was sort of like. Hey, uh, the world is going to think that Kazakhstan is actually like this, <laughs> right, right? Right. And we would rather not be viewed as like the world's backwater. Yeah. You know? Whereas now it's a little bit more common knowledge that this is a total farce. Right. This is clearly fake. Yeah, yes. Very much made up. Um, okay. Well, let's, uh, let's get into it. You want to read the synopsis, Adam? Sure. It's, a, it's pretty straightforward. This one is follow-up film to the 2006 comedy centering on the real-life adventures of the fictional Kazakh television journalist named Borat. Yeah, straightforward, to the point. Yep. Um, so this film stars Sasha Baron Cohen as Borat. Mm-hmm. Borat. Mm-hmm. And Maria Bakalova. Mm-hmm, yeah. As his daughter, Tudor. Mm-hmm. Um, what were your expectations of this movie, Adam? Actually, why don't you start with what did you think of the first Borat? Because that was a long time ago, right? Twelve years ago, or no? Yeah. I guess two thousand six, so fourteen years ago. Yeah. What did you think of it, was. and what were your expectations of this movie? It was a long time ago. So my recollection, and I have not revisited the first Borat movie in basically that long. Right, mm-hmm. I saw it when it came out. Uh, so this is sort of just a distant memory that I'm citing to you, but. But basically, my my recollection is that it was a uh, like I laughed a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was really uncomfortable for significant portions of the movie um, because you know obviously this is a person who is taking this sort of outrageous character and set of you know like interactions that he's having like into the real world, right? Mm-hmm. So it would be, I think, way less funny if, and way less sort of interesting if um, the character, if this was like a scripted film, mm-hmm. right? In the same way, like, and it was all actors. It would be like, well, this isn't really interesting because there's no danger here, right? right. The same way that like um, 
if you've ever seen a movie like you don't mess with the Zohan, right? The Adam Sandler movie. Right. Um, I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. It's, you know, it's, it's not a particularly remarkable movie, but it's like this outrageous, uh, you know, Middle Eastern character who, um, has sort of these outrageous interactions with people, but it's not, it's sort of totally lacking in any sort of teeth because you know that everybody's just on a film set having a good time. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but, and the sort of the, the danger with Borat is that, you know, he is just really doing it in real life. And the fact that this, before people knew who Borat was and what the shtick was, right. Like he was really in a situation where he was like risking, you know, like, uh, at, at, on the low end of like impact, right. Just like really awkward social interactions, and on like the other end of the spectrum, like risks to his physical well-being, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. of you know the way he was offending people, right? Um, and so with this, so I uh, I remember liking the first movie and laughing a lot, but it wasn't, uh, and it was noteworthy for sort of its daring, um, but not necessarily as something that I was like that movie really had something brilliant to say that like really profoundly you know, moved me. It was more just like, wow, look at like, look at the courage of the people making it. That was the thing that really stuck with me. What about you? Um, the, yeah, I, I also don't remember that well. Um, I also remember thinking it was very funny. Um, mostly, you know, a lot of uncomfortable laughter, a lot of, a lot of, I can barely believe what I'm seeing and it makes me very anxious, you know, Um, either because I'm afraid of how people are going to react to what he's doing or just what he's doing is so outrageous. Um, wasn't the premise of the, of the first one he wanted to, he wanted to like have sex with Pamela Anderson. Wasn't that kind of the gist of it? Yeah. I think that that he was like pursuing her across the nation. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, I, I don't I don't recall the first one really making that much of a point other than that it was sort of meant to show uh, meant to sort of put maybe put a mirror in front of like Americans and yep. how they react to a foreigner, you know, a very a person from a very unfamiliar culture, of course in this case kind of a made up one and an intentionally sort of backwards one. Um I do seem to recall there being scenes where he's like bonding with American people over things that are, you know, not particularly, um, they're not, not, not a very charitable view of Americans. Right. Like, right. When he sings a song, like throw the Jew down the well, like in a public forum along with him. Yeah. Right. That's, you know, it's, it's meant to be both very funny and also like extremely troubling, Mm -hmm. right. That Mm -hmm. he could get a group of people to go along with that. Yeah. I think, um, I think the only thing I, I, I always had a little bit of a, I wouldn't say dislike, maybe it's too strong a word. I think Borat always rubbed me a little bit the wrong way. And I guess this is really Sasha Baron Cohen in general, um, in that, I feel like there's something a little bit mean spirited about his approach where, you know, I I do appreciate, you know, shining a light on people who may have sort of like 
I think I think one way that some people might view it is kind of like digging digging up the sort of dark and disturbing reality that's there, sort of forcing it yeah. to the surface. Um, you know, like sh- showing people's deep prejudices that they might feel or getting them to open up about things that are a little bit disturbing. But um, another way of looking at it is I think sometimes he's exploiting people's just desire to be, um, to seek harmony, you know, generally. And yeah, and when yeah. people see him um, acting a certain way, they might think, you know, I'll try to uh, j- just, just kind of go along with this guy or, you know, yep. or, or try to be friendly or whatever it is. And, um, so yeah, I don't know. There's an element of, uh, th- there definitely seems to be to me an element of, of almost coercing bad behavior out of people or like, or like engineering situations where people come across in their worst possible light. And I don't, I don't find that super, um, compelling or it, it kind of makes me just sad, I guess. So anyway, to tie that into what my expectations were for this movie, I'll be honest, I wasn't super looking forward to it. I sort of, I sort of expected a good deal of that again, um, of like, and I also happened to know I hadn't seen it, but I had heard, read about, you know, that Giuliani's in this film and, I think this yeah. one has a lot more, it's a lot more overtly political. Like there's a yeah. lot, it's, it's, it's intentionally colliding with, you know, politics in America. And so I, I sort of anticipated a movie that makes a lot of fun of people and, and, you know, probably puts people in, in very unflattering situations. It makes them sort of the, the punchline of the joke. And I don't generally like that um, when you're doing it with like real people, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, uh, so I was a little, but, but I mean, I don't get me wrong. I fully expected to have some good laughs at the same time because he's just a really funny guy. And the, and the fact that he goes to such outrageous lengths, you know, um, is kind of on its own, just like for the sake of comedy, it can't be really denied he's he's got a unique ability to turn really uncomfortable situations into really hilarious moments um so i was expecting to laugh but a little bit nervous about what the subject matter would be what about you yeah i i think the um the sort of sense there's always a sense or or frequently a sense of entrapment Mm -hmm. like in the stuff that he does um where he's like sort of cornering somebody in a situation. It's important to remember, like, the cameras aren't hidden. You know what I mean? Like, the cameras are clearly, like, in the room with him while he's interviewing people. These are people who have probably already signed a piece of paper that's like, I agree to be in this production, right, in some way. Now, maybe he's sort of fooled them into thinking it's a different production or something like that, right? But, like, to your point, I think... People are just so inclined to like go along with things, right? Mm-hmm. That um, he's he is exploiting that, and maybe that's part of the point, right? Like, because um, if they're willing to go along with him, a total stranger that they don't know, who's fa- fairly ridiculous, right? Like, then they're probably equally likely to go along with things that are um, 
just as toxic and harmful, but you know, but, but those things are said with more seriousness um, by their peers and friends, you know, mm-hmm. but in that, but in that regard, I, I do agree with you. Like that sort of sense of entrapment kind of makes you feel like, I don't know that I'm really getting like really incriminating, damning stuff about these people necessarily. I feel like I'm getting them in sort of a really difficult situation to navigate. And maybe they're making a choice that I wouldn't, you know, applaud them for making. But at the same time, I have a hard time knowing how I would behave in mm-hmm. that situation as well. Yeah. So what'd you think of the movie coming out when the credits uh, rolled? I, I laughed a lot. Mm-hmm. I laughed a lot in this movie. And I think I was... Um, but I was also like pretty unsurprised, you know, right. by it. It's like, yeah, of course, like certain groups of people, like just like I'd seen in the first Borat, right? Like, you know, when he gets a group of people in a sort of an anti-mask rally to start singing along with him as he celebrates chopping people up like the Saudis do, mm-hmm. right? It's like, this is unsurprising to me. Right. Yeah, that yeah. people would go along with something like this. Right. Um, you know, when he both brilliantly, but also I think like using that sort of entrapment sort of idea, like goes to a uh, a facility that sort of specializes in, um, you know, like basically has a very sort of pro-life point of view. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, for the way he positions, like how he has um, put a baby in his daughter, mm-hmm. right. Is like, which is a, that is on, on one hand. Yeah. Right. On one hand, like a very sort of, uh, vulgar, but funny misunderstanding, but also it's like, how else do you expect this person to react? Yeah. Right. You know what their feelings are about things, right? Yeah. I mean, I felt, I felt like that particular scene was just played for pure. It was pure, like, comedy of misunderstanding it wasn't it did that scene uh, uh, unlike some of the other scenes didn't feel like it was poking fun at the you know at the doctor it was he was interpreting it like anyone would in that right the given the way that they were talking about it right where what actually happened was that his daughter had swallowed a little um a plastic plastic baby that was on top of a cupcake right (laughs) um but they were just wording it in a very disturbing way on purpose yeah. Um, yeah. So you laughed a lot. So I laughed a lot, but it also sort of, it, but it wasn't surprising. It wasn't like this big, uh, like, oh my goodness, I can't believe that he found or did this thing. It's like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, of course he found what he found. And of course he did what he did. Cause that's the shtick. Right. Yeah. Um, so th- there wasn't anything where I was like, where I left the, you know, turned the movie off and was like slack jawed at like, what I, what I had seen, it was more like, yeah, yeah. That's sort of what you would expect out of a movie like this. Yeah. Um, how about you? Yeah, I feel like I got pretty much what I was expecting. Um, there were definitely some really funny parts, parts that, that definitely had me, you know, like, like body sort of trembling with, with, you know, suppressed laughter, um, which we can get into, I'm sure later on. I would say overall though, I just, it, it, it did feel like a mixed bag, I guess at best in terms of me liking what the movie was doing. I think probably a good half the time 
I just felt like he was kind of being mean, you know, just right. Like, um, like sort of, sort of, like you said, sort of entrapping people in situations. I mean, there are, there are people in this film who say things that are kind of hard to defend, you know, right. like where if you got them in a room and you're like, why'd you say that? That's like a, you know, messed up. It'd be like, I, I believe that he is probably exposing some, some, you know, pretty, pretty slimy, uh, prejudices or, or, you know, moral failings of certain people. But, and yet I just, I just don't know what you accomplish by doing it in that way. You know, um, I think I generally kind of have a problem with it. Probably I'm, I, I have an increased sensitivity just given that I feel like, you know, our country, America, the United States of America is so divided. And when I see stuff where like people are like making fun of people, Mm-hmm. I'm just like, it's not helping, you know, like, right, I think right. we need to stop making fun of each other so much and, and insulting each other so much. Like, even if, even if you can get a laugh out of it, even if it is kind of hilarious or, or kind of illuminating, like, even if it's bad, what you're showing to do it in this way where you sort of get somebody to have a little bit of trust in you, you know, yeah. and then you, and then you use it against them it just feels it just feels um ugly to me so right there's the a punching down aspect to it right there's like this feeling that he's sort of going after people who okay great you caught him mm-hmm. so what right yeah. like well yeah a, a bit i mean it's a bit of um it, it feels like a betrayal of trust in a lot of cases you know where like if you um and yeah, I would, I would agree with punching down or sort of, you know, picking on the wrong, um, like target, like, right. You know, if, if you go into a society that's sort of backwards because, um, the leadership is backwards or just the cultural norms or, or like there's things that people just accept because they're widely accepted and then you take you you take on individual people and sort of make them look bad to me it's like these people are most people are just kind of you know they're trying to just get along and they're trying to um fit in you know and most people are weak and they like you know don't really think for themselves that much so um Anyway, it just, it just feels like picking on individuals uh, in, in that case is, is it's like it's going after something that's kind of downstream of the real cause, you know? Right. Um, you're, yeah, you're picking on the symptom, not the, and, not the disease. And when, right. and when doing that involves kind of like getting somebody to trust you in a small way, it just feels like doubly, um, doubly kind of kind of mean. Like I said, I keep using that word. Um, but I did say it was a mixed bag cause I did think there were some bright sides to what this movie does. Like there's certain people that kind of stand out in the film in a really positive light. And I think, um, well, I mean, it, it does, it's, it's a tiny scene, but that one scene that we were just talking about, I actually think is a, a bit of a micro example of that where, you know, this doctor is learning this information about, this 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 man and his daughter mm-hmm. and he's trying to 
I feel like he, he kind of responds to the situation in the healthiest way I can imagine a person with those viewpoints responding, you know, sort of like saying like, I'm, I'm, (laughs) I'm receiving this shocking information, but I'm like, I'm not here to adjudicate the morality of like how we got here. I'm just here to like deal with where we are right now, you know? Um, and, uh, and so, you know, to me, that that was an example. And I'm sure there's some people who who would have found what he was saying to be terrible. But for me, it was like, if you believe that a person can have that viewpoint, I think he's he's being very, you know, he, he's 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 in integrity with what his beliefs are right now. Right. And right. Um, but I think a much bigger example would probably be the babysitter <laughs> that mm-hmm. he yeah. that he uh he hires to take care of his, you know, teenage daughter, like 16 year old daughter or whatever she is, um, who turns out to be a a woman who kind of tries to do, do what she can to kind of help this girl, you know, understand that life doesn't have to be the way that they're depicting life for girls Mm -hmm. in their culture. Right. And helping her and without, without, you know, without being sort of like an overbearing American, just being like, look, I want you to think about these things. I want you mm-hmm. to maybe like consider the possibility that you're more than this, you know? Right. And then when the girl's like, I'll think about it. And she's like, that's all I want. I just want you to think about it, you know? Right. Um, so, so I think there's parts like that, that really, that I liked, you know, when, when people are given an opportunity to sort of shine, you know, by, yeah. by, um, by showing the way they respond to this, you know, made up, but very backwards culture and the way they do it without necessarily without judgment, but still trying to, trying to be, you know, very human and helpful. Um, so I liked the movie when it was doing that. So I, so I, so I didn't like, I didn't like the mean parts, but I, (laughs) but I liked some of the characters who were given that opportunity to show, you know, kind of the better parts of humanity. Right. And I think that's what the babysitter's name is Janice. It looks like. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, I agree. Like Janice is one of the sort of the heroes of the film, I would argue. Um, because, you know, Tutor says things that are, you know, pretty wrong, right? Like, like objectively wrong. And Janice is sort of like, I don't think you are right. You know what I mean? Like she tries to be as, as gentle as possible, but at the same time, she's like, that is that is not true. So yeah. don't let people tell you that. Um, and Tudor says, "Well, my father is you know the smartest man in the whole world." <laughs> and Janice is like, "Yeah, you know, well, I um I don't know about that, but <laughs> yeah. what I do know, is, you know what I mean." And yeah. she tries to like not wait, like per- interject her opinion as into things. She tries to just give the kid, you know. Right. She like, tries to be as, as open-minded as it seems like you reasonably can. Right. Right. And, like and it's, I think. Maybe a very smart man. <laughs> right. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, about him. I don't know him well enough to advise. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and I think there's other sequences in the film where, you know, on one hand, to your point, there's probably missed opportunities where these private citizens could have, um, you know, like rejected the premise of a question. Right. Mm-hmm. Where it's like when he says how many girls can like live in this cage, right? 
And the guy's like, I don't know, one, right? <laughs> like, it's like the answer is no human right. being should live in this cage, right? Um, but, you know, it's a guy trying to sell some livestock equipment, sure. you know? Yeah. Um, same thing with the guy in the, was it a propane tank or something like that? Where he's like, how many gypsies could I kill with this gas? <laughs> mm-hmm. And he's like, a whole van full, right? And yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah don't. Don't answer that question, you know, right. like that's not the appropriate, but it's like, at, again, to your point, this is, those are punching down situations, right? Those are situations it's, it's, where the, yeah, I just, it's just artificial, you know, it's putting people in, it's giving people a test that most people don't have to take. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, right. Um, okay. you know, you give, you give somebody this test and then they fail the test and then we can all say, ha, 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 you failed the test. But it's like, but I didn't have to take the test, you know? Right. I'm just assuming I would have passed the test, but I didn't have to take it. So it's easy for me to say. Um, and, you know, it's like, it's just the, these, the kinds of situations he puts people in, they're not situations, they're not normal, you know? It's sort, totally. of, it's sort of easy to know how you behave in normal circumstances, but someone throws you a huge curveball, you know, by asking you a question or asking you a favor or just saying something so out of the ordinary, that's when your brain kind of goes outside of its normal, you know, sort of comfort zone and comes up with something on the fly. Or maybe your brain just tries desperately to stay in the comfort zone. Right. Right. Which is, I how think, do I what make this, happens. How do I make this kind of like a normal interaction? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And a, yeah, and a way answer, to do that. Answer the question is, directly, you know? Yeah. Or yes, a way to do it, yeah, is politeness. Yeah, right? exactly. Politeness is the way that a lot of us get through that right. in life, so. Um, okay, so it sounds like, uh, well, I, so I had very m- much mixed feelings about the movie, although I did think it was funny. So so overall, I mean, would you say that you say that you shared my ambivalence about the movie, or were you more clearly on one side or the other, like you liked it or you didn't. Like I think it. all the things that we've talked about so far, I had kind of similar feelings to you. There were, se- there were sequences where I really laughed very hard and even almost in spite of myself laughed mm-hmm. very hard. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause it's like on one hand, uh, I feel sort of morally the way that sort of you do about things, but the response, but literally like the questions or the dialogue just is funny. Yeah. You know, yeah. And so that was sort of like the conflict that I felt. And I think in some ways probably the movie intends for that to be part of the viewing experience. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen clearly likes to make people uncomfortable. I think there's there's no disputing that. Um, But like it's weird. This is probably like a, I don't know, like a bad opinion. But one of the things that I really did genuinely like about the movie was the um, the sort of scripted narrative mm-hmm. of the film. Uh-huh. And it's like this, you know, relationship between a father and his daughter <laughs> and like yeah. him slowly coming to view her as like a whole person right. that he cares about, yeah. right? And that struck me. I was really sort of touched by it, actually. I was like, this is, I mean, ex- extremely stupid and like, <laughs> um, you know, very, very fake. But at the same time, like there's something there, there was some kernel of sweetness like in there that I was like, you know, as a as a tale of a father of a misogynist man Mm -hmm. growing to view his female child as like 
a whole person who deserves all of like the who opportunities and happiness given as a gift. Yeah. Right. Who's not property, etc. Like this is actually kind of a, a sweet trajectory, right? It's just yeah. wrapped up in this really sort of acid delivery and, mm-hmm. you know, really cynical approach. But, um, but I really did like, I don't know. And I don't know how much of that is, the script and how much of that is like the acting and the performance of, uh, Maria Bakalova as tutor, right? Like, Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, I really actually did enjoy that whole trajectory. Yeah. Yeah. For something so obviously fake. Um, it just, I, I enjoyed it. No, I'm with you. I think I liked that too. Um, it's, I don't actually remember in the first Borat if it had as much of a scripted story as that. Um, it it felt, and I mean, it, we you know, we're talking about a movie that came out 14 years ago. This one felt to me, compared to my memory of the first one, um, like there was a little bit more of a script to it, like more of right. a more of a story that was assembled beforehand. Right. I mean, starting with you know with her. Um, the, the the original plan being to to give a monkey as a gift, and right. then her sneaking into the shipping container and eating the monkey, right? <laughs> uh, which is which is a pretty good physical, um, you know, gag when you right. when you uh, first see the the crate get opened and she's she's got like blood all over her mouth and you know. And yep. she's like, he's like, did you eat the monkey? She's like, no, <laughs> he ate himself. <laughs> he ate himself. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, all right. So next, I guess we normally talk themes. I guess, you know, if you can sense any themes in this movie, that would be one thing. Or, or alternately, do you have a sense of what you feel like this movie's trying to say? Does it have a message? Well, well, I mean, the the most obvious one I can think of is the the message that gets hammered home with with Tutor about wi- girls and eventually women being viewed as objects and transitioning. The movie is sort of a transition from the objectification of a female to the like, you know, humanization of one, mm-hmm. right? Um, literally early in the film before Tudor has sort of undergone her makeover, right? She meets with uh, Instagram influencer Macy Chanel and Mm -hmm. uh, she basically tells Tudor, she's like, we have to change literally everything about you, Uh right? Um, You need to be quiet, not loud. Like, you know, you have to demure and not be forceful you have to change everything about the way you look right um Mm -hmm. and i think that is sort of the go in position that the movie is saying is sort of like the wrong way to be right um and ultimately like attempts to come out the other side where tutor is a like critical thinking professional person who is making choices for herself. And so that to me is like one of the major arcs of the film. I agree that it's one of the major arcs. Do you, 
it's it's hard to interpret this movie though. Like, do you think that's actually a message of the movie? I guess. And the reason I ask is it feels so exaggerated to me in terms of what the arc is that it doesn't feel like the movie is trying to make that point. It feels like it's more presenting it in such an obvious and over the top way that it's, it's almost more like a parody of a, of a movie that's making that point. If that makes sense. Yeah. I think the, the disconnect is there. I think there's like the obvious story that I just described, right. Which is like so obvious that it almost doesn't, it's like mm-hmm. not even a theme. It's like literally the plot of the movie, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then there is and then there are all of the different interactions that Borat and Tudor have with various folks, which lo- which often are not about the topic of women as property, mm-hmm. right? Um sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. Like I think uh, the sequence where they're talking about, you know, the, the baby, you know, air quotes, um, you know, has elements of that where he goes, uh, to, and sort of intends to get her plastic surgery. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the whole premise of giving her as a gift. Right. Right. Uh, these are all con, I mean, in, in some ways to your point, like these are all so obvious that it's like, do we even really need to talk about this? Like the mm-hmm. movie's like, this is not subtext, but there are other sequences like the cake buying sequence, right? Or when they go to the mask rally, anti-mask rally, where it just doesn't feel, that doesn't feel like really the topic at all. It just mm-hmm. feels like we're going to put ourselves into some uncomfortable situations, right? With people who are on a very sort of, um, in one case, like extreme end of the political spectrum, and on the other hand, and on the other uh, case, I am going to say something that's on an extreme end of the sort of political belief spectrum and see if I can get a reaction out of people. Right. Um, but it's like very in the, it's like totally independent of the, the main theme of the plot of the film. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I think that is the thing. I think in some ways that is the thing that sort of reminded me most of the original Borat, right? Cause the original Borat like had the benefit of nobody knows who this guy is. And so right. he can just like, the whole thing is like, let's just put Borat in situations and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Right. And we don't need like a coherent thesis. We just need to like put him in these situations and Sasha Baron Cohen's a good improviser and the character's so ridiculous and we'll get some good stuff out of that. Yeah. Right. And I feel like this movie doesn't have that benefit because Borat, like the movie literally calls it like Borat's famous now. Mm -hmm. And so he has to put himself into disguises to like even get into situations. Um, But like, I think the situations that sometimes they put Tudor and Borat in that have like no real commentary around like the view of women in society in America, it's sort of just like, yeah, but this is like old school Borat. We're just going to put him in some situations and see what what goes down. Yeah. I mean, it is a comedy, right? I have to like remind myself that's, I think that's what it is first and foremost. You know, it, it seems right. like, it, it seems to me like a sort of a uh, a combination of this is, this is a, 
a movie that just shows you how backwards Americans can be. Um, Mm -hmm. and also it's just, it's just, you know, insane and funny. Um, so kind of a, a mixture of those two things. Um, yeah, I didn't really, I mean, I think you're right to, to highlight specifically the, you know, relationship with his daughter and the many kind of interactions they have where people are, you know, kind of, I would say almost tricked into kind of being complicit in very misogynistic sort of scenarios. Right. Right. Whether it's, um, the plastic surgery or the putting her in a cage or whatever. Um, that seems to be the main thing, but, but yeah, overall, I think a lot of it, a lot of it is kind of hard to, it's hard to tell how much of this is to, you know, cast a light in darkness and how much of it is just to be funny and not to be taken too seriously. Right. I think I could probably enjoy the movie best if I could sort of, sort of shut off any part of my brain that's, that's trying to interpret, interpret or pick up what the movie's trying to say about America and just assume it's not saying anything about America. It's just, it's just him being ridiculous, you know? Um, that's I'm not that's not me saying that it doesn't say something about America. I'm just saying it it makes it easier to enjoy the movie if I don't try to think of it in those terms. Right. Um but okay. also if you remember like this is a movie that literally parts of it are filmed, you know, during the coronavirus pandemic. And so I am sure, I mean, in addition to like I mean, think of all the competing logistical like challenges, right? You've got a famous character who who has to go be able to go out into public and like not have people not recognize him right mm-hmm. so you've got a costuming problem then you've got like a global pandemic that you know makes it really difficult for him to be around people in like natural ways right then you've got like the fact that he uh is sort of trying to hang together this plot of like, how do I deliver a girl to a politician? Mm -hmm. Right. As like a, as like a narrative like frame. Uh, And so to sort of like, I feel like in some ways I'm criticizing like in air quotes, the writing (laughs) of the film. And I'm like, it's not really a thing that you can just write yeah. You know, like, you know, perfectly dramatically composed or comedically composed sequences here. There's so many practical problems that have to be solved that, like, in some ways, it's just a minor miracle that, like, the situations even exist. Oh, yeah. Right. For and the sure. fact that he and the fact that it's like, oh, well, this wasn't as, like, thematically rigorous as it could have been. It's like, well, <laughs> no, who like no surprise there yeah. right of course it's not he's like literally struggling how are we even going to get in a room with certain people sometimes yeah i mean i am i am pretty amazed that they got cameras in all the places they got cameras at at certain points in this film yeah um and i'm actually curious you know i don't i didn't i didn't really research it but in some cases it's almost hard for me to believe that everything was really, you know, kind of organic and unscripted 
just just because of camera placements and stuff. I mean, I guess in general, he has told people what that they're filming this for his for Kazakhstan or whatever it might be. You know, he's right. obviously not saying we're making Borat too, but right. he's he's probably saying we're filming for this or that. But like for example, there's a camera in the dash of the car with the babysitter. Like, what 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 right. did he tell her? He told we're her shooting a, we're, we're shooting a documentary, right? Yeah, Something I'm gonna like put that. I'm gonna put cameras all over your house while you babysit my dog. It's just it would be awfully strange, you know? Right. And I'm not saying I'm not saying that these moments weren't real, but it just sort of makes me wonder what were these people told and how did that affect their behavior? Right. Um, okay. Well, I would say we um, should give the spoiler noise except that i think we should just really say in the episode description that we're going to kind of spoil things from the beginning it's not really a plot heavy movie so right I think, I think spoiling things is okay um anyway if anyone's listening to this they presumably are fine to know ahead of time if they haven't already seen it what kinds of crazy things happen yeah because um, really this is a movie where not a ton of things I mean, sure, you spoiled that the monkey got eaten, right? But it's like uh, not a ton of things like happen in yeah. this movie. Yeah. You know, it's mostly it's people are saying things mm-hmm. that are sometimes shocking or surprising. And that really is the movie. And so, yes, we did give some of that stuff away. But at the same time, it's not like there's a big twist that we are sitting on or that we've revealed. It's more like. Nope, the the plot, like, I feel like I literally described the plot of the film up front, um, or we, and, you know, we sort of described it's this basic plot, even, like, literally the title of the movie. Right. Right? Kind of tells you what's going to happen, right? He's going to deliver a prodigious bribe to the American regime, (laughs) right? Like, that, that's what's going to happen. So, yeah, at any rate, there's, it's kind of a, vaguely unspoilable movie yep um well that said let's talk highlights of the movie what uh you got some favorite parts you want to call out um i i probably uh was cringing and laughing the most um i don't know like the sequence where they go to the anti-mask rally and he gets up on the stage as like country Joe or something Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. and gets an entire group of people to engage in a song that celebrates chopping people up. Um, was just sort of like on one hand, I'm not surprised. And on the other hand, like this is very funny to me. Yeah. Um, and you know, and, and that was sort of the end of it. And then the thing that actually kind of, um, made me, I don't know if the word respect is too strong, but like just um, admire that sequence a little bit more is I, I saw the other day, like a day or two ago on Sasha Baron Cohen's Twitter feed. He had posted like a short little video with the caption, like this was not an easy movie to make. Mm -hmm. And apparently in that sequence, uh, some people in the crowd uh, I don't know if it's because they figure out who he is or whatever, but become enraged, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And start rushing the stage. Oh, wow. And he like 
runs off the stage, mm-hmm. gets into, I think, an ambulance, which is what they had driven to the to the the event. Mm-hmm. And like he dropped he and he drops character, right? And he's like hiding in the back of this truck or this ambulance or whatever. And the camera's on him. And he, he you can hear people outside the car like threatening and like wow. screaming at him to get out. Yeah. And then he actually has to grab the handle of the car door and like hold it shut because mm-hmm. there's people trying to get in. Oh, and he man. yells to the driver, he's like, drive, like go, let's yeah. get out of here. Right. Yeah. And it's like, that is sort of, I think in some ways that you couldn't put that in the movie because he drops character. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like that is, I think in some ways the, the thrill of Borat, right. Mm-hmm. Is like that could happen. Yeah. Right. Um, that like, cause, cause we know that this is like the real world and stuff like that happens. But in the world of like, in sort of the slightly fantasy, in the fantasy land of Borat, right? Like Borat can just stumble through life. Yeah. Say ridiculous things and he will always be like charming and land on his feet because that's kind of the character, right? Right. And so that sequence made me remember it's like, oh, right. Like he's, he really is playing with live ammo. Um, and he just has to make it look like this bumbling, happy go lucky character. Yeah. Um, but it reminded me like, yep, this is, this was, this was the real world he was stumbling through. Yeah. Um, that scene was, that scene was definitely something. (laughs) I, uh, I think one of the, one of the, probably the hardest I laughed and it's, kind of gross to even describe so I won't describe it but the debutante uh ball yes I laughed very hard yes <laughs> Where, you you sort of like um you know she's gotten she's gotten kind of a makeover so she looks somewhat presentable but then they start doing their dance and you know the people are kind of clapping but mm-hmm. it's just like people clapping and them dancing and just like sitting there knowing I'm just mm-hmm. like, they're, they're going to escalate this somehow. I don't know <laughs> things right. are going to, you know, the way this scene ends is things become very inappropriate and, and all these people clapping start to, you know, are, are going to be shocked by whatever happens. Yeah. And sure enough, that scene did not disappoint. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so that was probably the funniest like moment in the movie to me personally. I, one of the sequences that I, I I'm almost it doesn't seem possible that it's real. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious I didn't do any additional research on this. So I'm curious if you happen to know. But there's a point in the film where the coronavirus pandemic sort of hits and lots of folks are social distancing and 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 sheltering in place. Mm-hmm. And he runs into a guy outside of like a general store and he's like, can I come stay with you? Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, yes. Yeah. Right. And then he goes and he lives with what seems like days, mm-hmm. weeks, right. like lives well, with he orders stuff from Amazon and it gets and it gets shipped and delivered in the movie. Right. So, yeah, definitely days. And if it, it's like, true. With a couple of 
guys in the American South that seem like they are, if not like hardcore, like, you know, they dabble in some QAnon, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. um, and on, at, on one hand, you know, obviously like that's total hogwash and like QAnon is just a destructive, uh, like series of lies and conspiracy theories that have nothing to do with reality. And on the other hand, like these guys, while they kind of seem to believe in some kind of ridiculous stuff, don't seem like out and out like evil people. Well, they're, you know what I mean? they, they, they welcome him into their home. Right. And right. they, and they're, they're, they're considerate of him. So yeah, the, there's, I think it's like, they're not all bad. Right. Um, right. They just but, have some really bad information that they sort of accept. Yeah. Right? That they seem to, they seem to be very convinced of, but yeah, I, I am with you that the way that scene is portrayed, the way that part of the movie is portrayed, I guess is definitely a little unbelievable. I, I haven't looked into how much of that was real or not. I mean, if I had to guess, if I had to guess, I would say that maybe they found those guys and presented to them the idea that like we're filming, you know, this documentary to like get a sense of whatever it's for like, it's, 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 uh, to, to see what it's like to live in an American home or something like that. And we just like, would like to stay here for set up cameras and kind of just like live with you for a few days and, it's like an educational film or something like that. Right. That, that would be right. my guess. And and then the idea of him like running into him and saying like, can I stay with you? That mm-hmm. I, that I have to assume was just them being like, here, we're just going to do this part from the beginning of the right. documentary. Right. Right. Um, yeah. You wonder if the film was like, we'll pay you $10,000. Yeah. Right. Something, you know what I mean? Like, um, so at any, but at any rate, like not knowing all the details of how that sequence like got, logistically created mm-hmm. um it just was in it, it just was interesting for to be able to for him to cohabitate with some people who you know probably uh, subscribe to some pretty um indefensible like views but at the same time you know to your point seemed ultimately kind to him and um wanted seemed to view him to a degree as like a friend. Right. Right. Um, which I think was, you know, exactly for the same reason we talked about at the beginning, like situations where it feels like he's just cornering people and picking on them feels Mm -hmm. less, you know, interesting sequences where he is like legitimately trying to explore, you know, how like real people feel in more real situations and are more with a more sort of sophisticated or nuanced view of those people. That is a more interesting part of the film. Yeah. I don't remember like he, they definitely say some, I remember there being parts of the movie where they're saying stuff that, you know, just makes them sound kind of crazy to most people. Like they, they clearly buy the, uh, you know, Democrats being a drinking blood and stuff like that. Yeah. Drinking blood and having like this, you know, underage like sex ring and and that kind of thing. Right. Um, but then 
there are also parts where they seem, you know, compared to him, at least in the movie, they seem a little bit more level-headed, like, you know, him saying something about what they should, I, I forget what, what he proposes exactly, but it's some form of, you know, murdering people, and they're like, yeah, well, unfortunately, we uh, we can't do that because they do have rights, you know? Right, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. And, and there's also, like, some part where he's talking about I forget what, but, but something like from his culture and he's describing something, you know, I don't remember if it's, if it's maybe he's talking about, you know, girls being in cages or, or what it is, but he's mm -hmm. describing it and they're just like, what? <laughs> you right. Know? Well, they're he, like, even, even to us, that sounds, that sounds a little crazy, you know? He presents them with the book about, uh, you know, female maturation and how women need to like not, you know, use their hands in certain ways with their bodies. Mm. Right. And they literally say to him, they hold up the book and they're like, this is a conspiracy theory. Right. <laughs> they're like, this is not real. Right. 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 Um, which is of course like the irony is obviously like extremely sure. thick yeah, yeah, yeah. there. Um, but you know, they, yeah, exactly to your point. Like they in some ways are sort of more progressive Mm -hmm. than Borat is, yeah. um, which is a funny notion for sure. So, so if he's trying to find the limits, you know, he finds, right. he finds some limits to what they would believe. Um, yeah, let's see what, well, I mean, in terms of highlights of the movie, I guess, um, it's not really a scene, but just another thing I would say that I did like about this movie and, and you touched on it already in terms of, you know, the story but I just really liked his daughter, like the actress who played her. I think yeah, she did yeah. a really good job. Um, and I think that was a smart move, you know, having the second film be not like have a new character who's, who's quite different from just another Borat. Yeah. Um, because I think, you know, she's, uh, <laughs> I mean, she's raised in this culture, right. In this imaginary Kazakhstan. And so she takes for granted that girls are supposed to grow up in cages. And like, I remember there's a, there's a scene where they're at, at like a fair or, or a theme park or something. And he's like walking her around with a leash, you know? Right. Right. But she's like, but she's like, look, none of the other girls are on leashes. And he's like, she's like, you should hold my hand to like, to look like the other dads you know to fit in so she kind of uh -huh. tricks him into doing that and then they're like walking and she's like could a dad ever love his daughter like his sons and he's like no that would be impossible <laughs> he's know? like that would be a crime <laughs> i think is what he said <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um but but yeah i think you know obviously she's a professional actress but i just i just felt that she did a really good job with that character making her this sort of naive kind of clueless you know, um, girl from this insanely backwards culture from the beginning of the movie. And then, you know, kind of evolving into like learning that her dad didn't tell her the truth about certain things and coming into her own a little bit. Um, not, not to mention just the bravery that she had to, to have to do some of the scenes, you know, with him, um, that, that sort of make Borat what it is, right? Like he needed, she needed to do just as many kind of outrageous things as he did in this film. Right. So, yeah. That was and she absolutely, and she absolutely like is game, right? Yeah. yeah. She, she seemed to, yeah. 
be right there for it. She was just as committed, if not more committed than him, right? Because mm-hmm. um, she has to do some pretty outrageous stuff. She has to really sort of make herself vulnerable and put herself out there in, in really sort of crazy situations. Because um, he gets to talk about uh, her being sort of inferior and property. Mm-hmm. And she has to like be so, like a believable she has to give a believable enough performance that like the people are like, Oh yeah, this is a young girl who like agrees with him. Mm -hmm. Right. Who believes, who thinks of herself as property and thinks of herself as like a gift to be given to somebody else. Right. Um, and she does it really, really convincingly. So yeah, absolutely. I think I, I think I agree. You know what we, um, we were talking about the writing, uh, earlier. There were some scenes where I was really not sure what was happening. Like, um, you know, I was just thinking, thinking about his daughter. There's a scene where they go into a store and um, he, he, he says he wants to talk to the owner, I think. And the woman explains that she's the owner. Yeah. And, and his daughter's like, a woman can own a store? And then he starts, to, and then he says to her, you know, like, no you know, it will, it will cause her head to explode or something. Like he says, you know, it'll be bad for her, but basically they're like speaking in, in, in what is supposed to be, what is it? Kazakhstani. I I don't know what the language is, right? Yeah. The Kazakh language. But Kazakh, but, but like, I assume they're just making up the language, right? Well, according to, uh, according to my wife, they are speaking sort of like, uh, a pigeon Hebrew. Oh, okay. Like, like Yiddish. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. Um, where they're sort of like, it's not quite that, but it's like, it's got a lot of words that are, that's borrowed from, from that language. But so, but so then are they actually speaking like actual sentences to each other? I believe so. Oh, okay. I mean, now, now that being said, like I, who's to say that the actual subtitling on the screen, right matches exactly what they're saying to each other in the scene. I, yeah. I do not know. Yeah. Um, but I, but they are using something, you know, close to like real, you know, they're using like real words from a real language. It might right. just, right, right, maybe right. they massage it later in the, in the translate. As yeah. That would make sense. That would make sense. That's just what I wasn't sure of because, you know, in some of those moments and I mean, it, it shows again, what sort of, what was demanded of this actress because they have to, it's not just like the first Borat where he's kind of improving, you know, randomly, like they have to improv together. Right. Yeah. In some of these moments and, and just the idea that like that she knows, Oh, I should act really surprised that a woman could own a store. And then we'll just like talk to, and then we'll just say, you know, a bunch of sort of nonsense to each other in this, right, in this right. other language. And then we'll like figure out what it is we actually said um, was what I wasn't sure of. But I think what you said would make sense to me. Maybe they both had, um, you know, some ability to speak in this other language or, or at least maybe one of them did and the other just kind of went with it. Right. Right. Um, I guess that could make sense. But, uh, yeah, so I think his daughter just in general was kind of a highlight for me. Do you have any other best parts of the movie or highlights you want to call attention to? Um, no, I think, I think we've covered on, I think most of my, most of the parts that I found, uh, 
most interesting and most and and the funniest. All I'm right. sure I missed something somewhere in there, but I think yeah, those yeah. are the big ones. You can't cover it all. Um, then we're on to fix the movie. Then, um, how would you fix this movie? Would you fix this movie? Well, I feel like it, to the sort of the point we were making earlier about how the 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 plot of the film is about how we're going to start with this woman being pure like an object in a crate and conclude with her being sort of a, an actualized person mm-hmm. uh the sort of climax of the film is tutor interviewing Rudy Giuliani right and there and after the interview there is a sort of ambiguous and seems pretty questionable interaction where it appears like maybe he is starting to sort of be interested in a real in sort of a sexual relationship with her and obviously you know she's not his wife right mm-hmm. um and and then Borat sort of barges in and uh, it's a very sort of outrageous moment. Uh, and they sort of they absolutely play it like a triumph. Right. They play mm-hmm. it like um, we did it. Right. We mm-hmm. like we got the, you know, the big gotcha moment. And then they sort of run down the street together and embrace later and sort of they're like. And he's like, I am sorry that, you know, I've treated you this way. And she's like, I forgive you. And now they're best friends again. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But the whole thing felt like on one hand, I was uncomfortable and in all the ways that I think you're supposed to be uncomfortable in that sequence. Right. Um, But on the other hand, I was like, what did we what did we learn here? Like what what did we accomplish in this sequence? What thing have we pointed out? Mm -hmm. That is like revelatory, you know, and it's like, have all we really learned is that like Rudy Giuliani might be like a little bit of a dirtbag, right? Like that's not a surprise, right? Like that's not new information. That's information I already had. Um, And so and and again, it's like sort of weak sauce. It's like, okay, well, like, yeah, I mean, maybe. Right. Um and so that was a sequence where I was like, on one hand, I get why it's the climax because it's like, he's the most high profile person. They got to do something maybe a little compromising. Right. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I'm like, what is this actually having, what does this say about anything that the movie's been about to this point? Right. Yeah. Um, and so I would have liked if they were really going to do something I would have liked for them to like follow through with the premise of the movie. And it's like, we would like to give you a human being as a gift. Mm-hmm. Right. And just sort of like, that would have been sort of them really ham- like bringing home the premise. Right. But it's like, they didn't. And I'm sure there's like practical reasons as to why um, logistically, but it just was sort of like, Oh, okay. We've sort of gone this whole movie where that's sort of the idea. And, but we never, and I get it. Like she's, she doesn't even think of herself that way by that point in the film. So it'd be difficult for them to do it. And he's like supposed to be softening 
in his views of her as being subhuman into, you know, viewing her as, you know, a real person. And so, like, I get all the reasons that that, like, wouldn't have happened that way. But at the same time, it's sort of like, but I don't, but then I don't know what this is. Yeah. Right? But then I don't know what yeah. this interaction is supposed to be. I think, yeah, I know what you mean. Well, first of all, I will say he does offer her at the Mike Pence rally, doesn't he? Yes. he. I mean, so, but in like, but yeah. in a situation where it's like, Mike Pence is not even really engaged. Right. Right. He, he might as well, I think they probably just view him as just a protester yeah. at CPAC. Oh, you know? totally. Yeah. And it's like, that's not really interesting. There's plenty of protesters already at CPAC. Yeah. You know? Um, and so I think that's where it's like, if we're really going to try to make this the premise of the film, let's like, let's try to deliver the premise. And I get it. It's like high stakes, right? They need, um, if they do it and it doesn't work, then you don't have a movie. Right. So they need, they, I get it. They needed to like, you only get one shot at Rudy Giuliani. He's going to be the most high profile person you're able to get into a room with anybody. So like, uh, so we have to get something good out of this. Um, it just was like, it felt opportunistic and not like, you know, yeah, yeah. coherent. No, for sure. I mean, I mean, I think that, um, I think the scene, put it this way, I think that they, meaning the filmmakers, you know, making the movie, I tend to agree with you that they seemed to think that that scene was like a slam dunk as far as incriminating evidence that would actually like change people's views of Rudy Giuliani. And I don't think that it was that, but in the movie, in the narrative of the movie, I think the scene worked well enough because what it, and maybe this was just something they figured they, they sort of wrote it after the fact, you know, to fit, I don't know. Right. But this, the, the, the purpose that scene seemed to serve was it comes after, you know, he talks to the babysitter who explains like, you should not give your daughter away. (laughs) That is not a nice thing to do for a father, you know? And, and he sort of has this, you know, crisis of conscience and realizes like, Oh, I actually love her and I don't want to give her away as a gift. Right. And so I think the scene, you know, it, it, it works well enough to serve that function you know, of him sort of having a change of heart and right. and coming in to interrupt whatever is happening, even if nothing is really happening. Um, cutting it off and saying, you know, take me instead, basically. Right, right. Um, right. And, then, and then them escaping. Um, so I, th- I thought it was fine. I, I, I see what you're saying um, about kind of following through, but... I guess that way that that resolution to me actually kind of worked, you know, him, him changing his mind about what he was actually trying to do and deciding and deciding, you know, to hell with the, uh, you know, the, 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 the mission I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to put being a good dad, um, you know, ahead of that for now. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I don't really I think I have a lot of issues with this movie that we've already discussed. 
but I don't really have any particular ways that I would fix it. Um, it's just kind of, you know, maybe, maybe at the end of the day, I just wouldn't have made it at all. <laughs> right. Right. Um, right. That's I, yeah. I, I don't know that this movie or the first one really like makes, you know, the world a better place. Not that comedies need to make a wor- the world a better place, but I'm not sure that they didn't make the world a worse place, honestly. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, I don't feel that strongly. It's not like I am, you know, it's not like I'm convinced this movie is a blight on our society or anything like that. But I, I am sort of skeptical that it has, you know, productively added to the conversation. Um, I'm a little, I'm a little suspicious that it has just kind of like contributed to the mountain of distrust between people in our country with different opinions. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't really fix any particular aspects of it. I just don't really like agree with what it is. Yeah. I think that's right. I think there is a, um, and with, you know, I, I, on one hand, this podcast doesn't typically get into politics. On the other hand, this movie is in some ways an extremely political movie. So it's difficult to talk about without talking about it a little bit. Um, but I will, I think I agree that the tone of this movie, and I think we were sort of talking about this earlier, like, there's just a sort of um, like a condescension mm-hmm. in the way it approaches a lot of its interview subjects. And I think I agree that like, I don't think that is going to help mm-hmm. uh, if it ultimately takes a stance that feels like it is basically saying that there's a whole segment of the country that is worthy of sort of our disdain and condescension it's like i don't know i don't know that that um i don't think that means that people who believe in QAnon theories we need to say like oh really cool interesting theory right right but on the other hand i don't think it means that we talk about them like they are morons right um i think that is like an probably an unhelpful position to take um and so I think in that regard, I, I agree. I, I, I think this movie does have a little bit of a superior, like it it feels like it's taking sort of a superior position to a lot of people. And it's like, I don't know that that's ultimately going to be any good for anybody. Yeah. Although we did get some good laughs out of it. So yes, I mean, far be, it for me to, far be it for me to sort of complain too much. I, I laughed a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Same. All right. Well, I think it should be clear where I stand as to uh, whether we're going to beam this guy up or not. Yeah, we will not be beaming up Borat subsequent movie film. Uh, but, you know, um, there's but nothing else funny. like it. Yeah, There's yeah. nothing else like it. You know what I mean? And I think in that regard, it's um, an interesting sort of worthy thing to at least contemplate because... There's nobody else with kind of the the daring or the um, sort of just the the relentlessness of attack that this that this type of approach and this type of movie possesses. I don't know that I think it's all like 
properly placed and I don't know that it's like great for society and I don't know that it hangs together like exactly the way that I would like no, want movies it, to hang together. It definitely takes guts though. But it, yeah, but the, the, there is like a, I think an inherent gutsiness to the entire endeavor. For sure. All right. Well, we agree on that. Um, I guess I don't have anything else to say. All right. It? So that was, that was Borat subsequent movie film. Um, Stay tuned for our next episode where we talk about a movie that does not involve a, a giant practical joke for 90 minutes. That's right, which is probably just, just about any other movie. Any other movie, basically. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.